This podcast was made possible thanks to Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today this episode is all about the VCE Theatre Studies Exam 2019. I'm here with special guest Brendan Carroll from Peninsula Grammar. We met at the 2019 Drama Victoria Conference we and did. he suggested that we talk about the VCE Theatre Studies Exam and VCE Drama Exam and here we are, ready to go. So without further ado, let's get to it. Just an FYI, we are not representing the VCAA in this conversation. Yes, nor are we drama exam markers. This is just a conversation between two drama teachers and theatre studies teachers discussing the exam. The assessor's report will be available sometime in mid-2020. Please do look out for that. It is a valuable resource for all teachers and students. We are going to start with a VCE Theatre Studies exam. We are not going to be reading this paper verbatim, so please do read along with us. So, question one. So I think it's important, first of all, to know that um, with the theatre studies exam, it can be a little bit intimidating sometimes to see the play and, and know nothing about it and think, and think that you're going in completely cold. Um, you know, the, you'll be given the dramaturgical research, you'll be given everything in the insert, um, and the, the questions will spoon feed you the, all the information you need to know. So you're, you're going in the same as every other student in the state. You're not knowing anything about it. Um, in this case, in the 2019 exam, the burial at Thebes, um, even I, as a teacher, knew nothing about it. But everything you need to know is there. You just have to extrapolate that information, which I think is really um, liberating when you think about it that way. Yeah. And it asks you to select one of the following production roles to interpret the burial at Thebes based on Sophocles' play Antigone. And it must include uh, a different production role from question two. So make sure you read that question. Mm, yeah, definitely. And make a decision early on. Whereas in your reading time, when you're going through and reading the questions, applying you know, which production role will be the best one to use in different um, sections of, of section A. And that's why we have reading time. Yes, so that's right. So you can plan and prepare. Um, I think most students choose acting. Um, that's just my guess. As I said, we're not from the VCAA, so we don't know those answers. But I'm thinking most students would choose acting um, uh, because it's just the most popular choice. And so looking at where you can apply acting, um, I think is really important too. You don't want to have your acting straight up because you're excited to use acting and then regret that you've and then regret used it, it, yeah, later. Use it yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And as a teacher, when thinking about scaffolding these questions, if you want to insert some earlier in the year or in Unit 1 2, you'd think about not throwing a question like this straight away, possibly, that mm. you would ask them to select the same production role for all the questions. And then the next time you do the SAC, you might say, two for all the questions and then for the third sack you'd say one for the first question and a different one for the second and third Mm. that's a really great way of revising with theater studies you can do these same exams twice with your two different production roles um so you actually get double the um the practice exams if you're struggling to find some so question one looks at the planning stage it gives you some context of the burial at thebes um and um it spoon feeds you a little bit so it gives you a context and it asks um, for you to refer to research images or the dramaturgy provided. Um, and you also have to refer to the planning stage here. So the, um, so the key things that they're looking for are, do you understand what the planning stage is and what tasks make up the planning stage? Um, and are you able to come up with an idea? And that's really the core of the theatre studies exam, isn't it? Is being able to communicate an idea effectively. And that word communicate is so important. You it might is have so a great important. idea, yeah. but 
you've got to be able to paint a picture for the for the yeah. person reading it. And a sophisticated idea. You have to be able to use the correct vocabulary and That's terminology. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I always say to my students, the um, the idea itself doesn't have to be a mastered genius idea of um, you know, it, it it can be it can be quite a simple idea, but the sophistication comes from perhaps the symbolic use yeah. of whichever production role and the clarity of your response. And here yeah. it's only three marks for part A. Yeah. For the planning. So you want to think about a fantastic uh, idea that you can use and then you want to be able to link that to the images or the dramaturgy provided and then you want to be able to justify the context. You want to go bang, bang, bang. There's three clear things they want and one mark for each. That's right. So planning stage. Um, in the in the study design, uh, the planning stage is defined as um, you know introduction to the script, annotations, exploring and establishing initial concepts and aims for the production Undertaking dramaturgy. So essentially, it's your planning and preparation, um, you know, script annotations. Um, Maybe an extraction. Extraction, yeah, extractions. It can be... But also, I think um, you don't have to be confined by the the uh, the concept of being a student undertaking this. You can imagine yourself as um, a theatre practitioner undertaking planning. You don't have to be within your own context of the world you live in. So, um, gathering yeah. stimulus images. That's right. Going to Greece and checking out, you know, the, the location. These are all possibilities you could do in the planning stage. Um, you don't reading have to more of some of these plays. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Finding links. Yeah. Going to see, um, you know, more plays, um, in within the same theatrical style. Uh, these are all planning things that you can be doing. Excellent. And then we go to a script excerpt. We do. Yes. Question. B. B. Yep. So you've got your script excerpt. Um, we're not going to read out the script excerpt because we know you're following along. But uh, essentially, you get given a script excerpt and you get given the um, the definition of what a, co- um, you know, a chorus is within the theatrical style of ancient Greek theatre. Um, so again, the, the exam gives you all the information you need and then you extrapolate from that information. Um, again, this question is during the planning stage. Um, looking at how your work in the production role can um, can create an initial concept for the chorus's speech. So here they're asking you for more ideas. Um, on that same production role. On that same production role, that's right, yeah. So make sure your, your production role could work with chorus speech. Yeah. And I think when you, when you look at the exam, I think you can really figure out a direction that they're leading you towards sometimes. And I feel like that's really obvious with this question. Um, it gives you the idea of what the chorus does. It gives you the, um, you know, the fact they often talk in, you know, in choral speaking. They often move together. They can perform in canons or, um, and then in your stimulus images, one of them is of a chorus, a sort of dance chorus, all moving as one. And so you're kind of getting pushed in this direction, um, a little bit of a hint, I guess, um, for how you could answer this question. And then you want to get make that as sophisticated as possible. Let's say you're just coming up with chorus movement, but how are you going to plan that? That idea of going to shows, that idea of looking at how people move and how warriors move and maybe mm. going to see a, a group, a large group ensemble massing, military people massing together, or how processions happen in funerals. Like yeah. There's lots of different ways that you can look at people moving, and that adds to the sophistication. You know, you're not just talking about people moving and dancing. You're finding... Um, you're finding real life examples of ritual or movement, and then you're incorporating into the burial of Thebes. Yeah, and I think in this um, in this question, it's important, obviously, to um, to link it to exact lines in the script because they're looking for when the, the reason they give you a script excerpt is is to mirror that task you would have done back in three point two, I think it is the um, the script um, uh, sack, 
where you have to actually take lines and and link your production roles to um, to lines from the script. So you have to be able to like extrapolate information from the script and find ideas in there. Um, so for example, let's give an example. Um, I'm just looking at the script here. For lighting, because often the people would be struggling, wouldn't they, if they chose oh, yeah. lighting. Yep. But there's this line that says, dazzling the city she has saved from destruction. Or the joy in my eyes is like the joy in hers. Dazzling the city. The idea that you take a moment like that mm. and you'd want to use lighting in a moment like dazzling. The word dazzling itself you know, implies so many things. Doesn't it? What, what do you think when you think of dazzling? Yeah, and then how can your lighting design support something like that? So if you have chosen lighting and you don't want to do acting in direction, as we said, lots of people do, then you want to be able to find those keywords within the chorus piece or yeah. within any extract that goes, yeah. oh, that's a moment. Maybe the sun is shining. Well, that's a really clear moment. Mm. Do you know what I think is one of the hardest ones that students struggle with mm-hmm. is directing. Um, I think that um, a lot of students that do directing think um, just like actors, but just to, from the role of a director. Um, so, for example, you know, they might say, oh, I would tell the actor to do this or I would tell the actor to move like that. They think directing is just about um, blocking the actors and telling the actors what to do and how to act. Whereas directing is is so much more than that. Um, I think directing is looking for you know ways to help the actor understand their status or their motivations or their desires. So when you see something, um, you know, I see the, a line here that says, "And they fell together, their father's sons." And suddenly you're thinking about, well, I have to talk about this. This question tells me to talk about cohesion and chorus and choral movement. And here's a line that says, "They fell together." And so you have this moment, you suddenly have this idea, this stimulus of like, I could I could direct a moment where the chorus all falls as one giant unit, almost like a, a city collapsing or um, a generations of fathers and sons collapsing into each other. Um, and then the, your initial, I think, I think a student's initial um, response to the question would then be to say, I would direct them to do this. But really your job, your job as a director is to help them understand how or why they're doing that. Does that make sense? Yeah, and uh, practicing and rehearsing those timings and working with them on yeah. being able to have strategies to do that properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, um, and, and of course, this is talking about the planning section as well. So um, let's. Get, I'm going to give an example of what, of what a director could say here. Potentially, you could talk about how um, maybe as a director in the planning stage, you're going to you have this idea of of things the chorus collapsing together. So in your planning, you might go and look at things collapsing, demolitions of buildings, um, flowers wilting and dying and help the actors um, undertake those kind of movements um, once you get to the development stage. Um, I think Footage of footage of wars and battles yes, and yeah. things like this that can help you and stimulate you. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great one. And I think just before we move on, the once again, four marks and only three dot points. So we're looking... Um, we really have to read this question and make sure that all of the elements of that question are included because mm. if you forget or don't mention cohesion, you can't get those four marks. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention that cohesion is is you know the the balance and unity of of many things working together, um, and that's really important that there's many things working together in cohesion. I think a lot of a lot of students get confused with cohesion, and they often think that something running smoothly is cohesive. Yeah. I, I see that a lot in writing. Um, but if you're setting it in four hundred BC and all the characters are in Nikes. Not cohesive. Not cohesive. No. Yeah, it doesn't. Not, not cohesive with the theatrical style. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so in this question, you you know you're being led towards the you know the cohesion of the of the chorus and how you're going to um, you know come up with an idea that works like that. But um, yeah, just remember cohesion elements working in balance and unity together. And development. 
Part C, of Part C. Yeah, again, here you're given a production aim, which is kind of like, I guess, an intended meaning. Um, so you're given five production aims, you have to choose one, and then you have to apply your, um, your production role um, to a moment from the script that helps emphasize your production aim um, and one or more exercises or tasks um, that you would do in, in the development stage. Do we want to recap that what development means? Yeah, I think that's really important. Development, um, I think it's important to understand is is the trialing and experimenting of ideas. Um, you know, in a very simplistic way, my, um, a lot of students, or my students definitely, um, think about development as the rehearsals. Um, but it's not just putting something together, it's, it's actually experimenting and trialing those ideas. And that's, that's really important. Again, from the, um, from the you know, cross-study specifications in the, um, in the study design, it says development includes exploring, making, reflecting, trialing, and refining to achieve production aims. So I think that's really important that you are thinking of ideas that are, that are actually exploring and trialing, reflecting on and refining. So there has to be, you know... You're not building a finished set. That's You're right. You're not completing the costume. Exactly. You're not saying, I will make this costume, I will design this lighting. You should be saying, well, I will test to these two ideas um, and based on feedback from, you know, other um, other production roles, I will refine that idea into the final product. So you, it's really about testing and trialing and refining and making eventually. Um, so there has to be a process there. Yeah, really clear. And then we go to the presentation stage. Yes, we do the presentation. And what does the presentation stage include? Everything from bump in. Yeah, they say from bump in to, to final bump out. Product, although yeah. you're still refining. You're still, during, you're still refining yeah, during yeah. that week, but they have to make a choice. Do you want to break down? Third dot point, presentation stage. Yes, I do. And it says here, includes bumping in, technical dress rehearsals, performances, bumping out, and the evaluation of the stage of the production process. So, uh, yeah, it's everything from bump in right to bump out and also, you know, afterwards evaluating. Um, so, and I think it's really important what you, said, what you said before is that you're constantly still refining. In the presentation stage, it's not the finite uh, moment it's still you know using theater technologies to feed back on on what you're doing and, and making those final refinements because as we all know when you make theater you are refining right up until the opening night and even beyond even yeah, to closing even night. closing night you've got notes after each show you've that's got emails right. to cast that's right crew and company i've even seen refinements in like the intermission of closing time <laughs> <laughs> there's what uh, half an act to go and they ask you specifically to reference uh during bump in and the technical rehearsal dress rehearsals. So you're going to have to have something ready to go for your yeah. production role that yeah. you can talk about in relation to those areas. And this is why it's really important to know what your production role does in those times. Like, um, again, I'm going to go to directing because um, I feel like a lot of directors feel like their job is almost over at that time. I've already directed my actors at bumping them. You know, I'm just watching the show. Um, but you need to know, yeah, what your, what your task is. And that's also really important as a, a good reason why you probably shouldn't switch production roles um, before the exam. So if you've been working on one production role all year, by now you shouldn't be going, oh, actually, you know, my friend on lighting has been doing really well. I'm going to talk about lighting instead because you you won't know the sophistication of lighting and the, and the terminology behind lighting um, having not done it. And even something like makeup that you might think is quite standard or doesn't change at all, have huge shifts when the lighting comes in, when the sand comes in, when the costume's going on, when the, when the actors are sweating, when they're doing full run-throughs. Yeah. Things shift and change for every production role during that important week where it becomes real 
and everything is tangible mm. and, the, and the lighting is affecting things and the sound is affecting things mm. and actors can't get through doors anymore. Yeah, 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 it's really important. Um, now, the p- final part of this question talks about theatre technologies and how they could be used to help evaluate your work. Um, and so, just rem- a, a good reminder about theatre technologies is, is um, it's anything that is essentially digital, um, electrical or mechanical that can be used to help you. So, and this isn't just confined to, you know, the world of theatre. It can be, you know, software outside the world of theatre. For example, you know, um, taking photos and uploading them or videos and uploading them onto, you know, a shared iCloud or OneDrive could be a theatre technology. It doesn't have to be within the world of theatre It's itself. not just projection and revolves. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It's about emailing one another to keep in contact. That's it's right. about having yeah. a one-note collaboration space that you talk to the other directors or, or assistant director on. Yeah, perfect. And it's about so, FaceTiming. It's all kinds of things. Yeah, and so how could the use of theatre technologies help evaluate your, your work during the presentation? Well, yeah, taking photos and videos uploading them to a collaboration space um, you know, that helps you collaborate with other people. That's that's a, a fine way to answer that question. I think a lot of people get hung up on, oh, I need, it needs to be about theatre, so I will use a projector to do this. Or, you know, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be that kind of technology. It's anything. All right, and part E, during the presentation stage, how could work in your selected production role ensure safe and ethical work practices? Great yeah, question. I'm great question. I'm this question. I know, I like this question too, and it's obviously a new part of the study design to think about safe and ethical work practices. Um, for makeup, it's about hygiene. Mm, yeah, yeah. hygiene. similar story, yeah, and yeah. pins, and sewing. And yeah, yeah, and ethical. But a lot of people have um, get stumped on ethical working practices, but there's actually a lot... Um, to think about here for, for example makeup you've got to make sure that your makeup is not you know tested on animals yeah. um, or sourced ethically or sourced ethically makeup wipes are biodegradable yeah, yeah that's right um, that your costumes are, are not you know you know hand stitched in India um, for you know um, labour that's, that's not being paid very well so these are all ethical working practices that we have to be across in this world um, that's the reason it's new in the study design is because this is something that's coming up more and more um, a lot of my students usually ask me, well, what about as an actor or a director? What am, what am I thinking about for ethical work practices? Um, they can think of a lot of things for safety, yeah. you, know, you know, being mindful of your space, warming up your voice and things like that. Um, but they can't, inclusive but they can't think of, yeah, ethical. Yeah. So yeah, an inclusive environment is good. Um, and making sure there's like consent around, around contact, I think is really important, especially as a director. If you're going to make someone do a fight scene or or a, a more intimate romantic scene, you need to you need to really make sure everyone is comfortable. Um, that's that's an ethical working practice. Um, we always ask that question yeah. at the audition. Do you know that this character will need to yeah. kiss needs or to be, be intimate with someone else in the cast that's not yet chosen? Yeah, and I think it's part of it's the director's role um, to you know tell them that before the audition and, and make sure they understand the parameters of the of the role. Um, I think if they you know if they went in thinking it was one thing and it became another because the director got carried away with making it more romantic or more physical than they wanted, then that, that's, that should have been communicated from the very start. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's just a, an aside. An aside. Great. An aside to the aside. Yes. Okay, so we might move to question two. Yes, that sounds good. Great. So, a change in production role. So, you, you're now um, selecting a new production role here. And hopefully in your planning, you, you already knew exactly which one you're going to use for this next part because it's only... How many questions in You would have been building vocabulary all the way through the year. You'd have your spreadsheets of words that you want to use to describe. That's right. Hopefully yeah. you have a bank of words that you can use to describe. Mm. And that's actually a really great tip before we start talking about the next question is I think most students would build a, a, a terminology bank, but also I think most students wouldn't be familiar with half the words in their terminology bank. 
they might know the word, but not know how to apply the word in their language and, and their speaking. So you've got to get really used to using those words, talking to your teacher and going, hey, what does what is a gobo? I know, I'm working in lighting. I don't know what a gobo is. That's in my terminology bank. Yeah. I don't want to um, write my exam. I will add a gobo at this point. Yes, not, know not what knowing means. what it is, right? <laughs> yes. So, you know, to, to score highly um, in the exam, you have to have a sophistication um, in, the, your, in your terminology and your language. And, um, and so using the right terminology and knowing what it means is really paramount. Okay. Now we have a really a long extended response now that's only worth five marks. Yeah. But there's not a lot in the question and quite a lot expected in the marks. That's mm-hmm. why you always kind of have to look at the marks. Yeah, yeah. all it wants you to do in your selected production role is convey objectives and establish strength and motivation um, and then refer to language from at least two parts in the script excerpt. So that's yeah. really only three things you have to do. So it's telling you content content sophistication yeah. vocab vocab i think this is a more difficult question um you know purposefully because it's later on in the exam and um you have to convey two things here um from two you know two parts of the script you have to show you have to show that um Creon's objective is to establish strength as the new ruler of thebes and his motivation to restore order after the chaotic war and here is where i think and this is where i would say to my students that the use of symbolism is going to be um really important in your in your designs because you could be really literal with this you could be you know he as will a, be up high he'll be up high they'll you know, be down low. yeah they'll be down low or you could be like as an actor just to display strength i'll have him flex you know what i mean yeah yeah um or you can be you can be symbolic um and i think a really easy thing when we talk about symbolism is, is using color because we all we all understand that color is coded um symbolically with meaning so you know red meaning lust or desire or blood or vengeance white meaning purity so we all know we understand these symbolic meanings and so I think color can be used in a lot of design work, makeup, costume, set, lighting, um, really effectively. So and symbolic movement with acting, yeah, direction. That's having right. Symbolic movement. Having people put armor on him, having yeah. his crown put on, yeah, him, having yeah, yeah. something given that was a, a symbol of power. That's right. Him. Yeah. So how can you use, you know, how can you portray these ideas symbolically? I think that's a really, um, really sophisticated way to answer the question. Yeah. And then question B uh, is are the aims of the presentation of Creon's monologue is to foreshadow the tragedy. Now, I mean, foreshadowing. Yeah, the tragedy is the end of the play. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like, it, you know, this is, let's say I was working in lighting. You want you need to foreshadow this this tragedy that's coming. And the tragedy um, comes from Creon's monologue um, because it's kind of like a catalyst for what will happen with Antigone later on in the play. Um, and... So, you know, if you're working in lighting, for example, the use of like a red wash slowly rising over the set could just foreshadow the bloodshed that's about, that's coming at the end. Yeah, um, and it can be as, as simple, but as sophisticated as that. Um, and using obviously your terminology, you know, you, know, you could talk about the kind of lights you use, um, you know, whether, and the, the lighting style. So I, I mentioned a wash, um, it's pretty basic. Um, lighting terminology, but you you might have more sophisticated language than that too. You could talk how the how the light tilts or pans up yeah. over a wash, and yeah, just make yeah. sure you have those words there ready to go. And the piece, the excerpt, not that it matters because you're not, you're never going to do this exam ever again. But mm. just note how the monologue shifts and changes. There's a clear moment in the middle where he turns and starts becoming angrier uh, and being able to articulate that and notice that that might be an important detail for you when discussing lighting or any. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. production right artist because we're talking about lighting. Do you want to move on to section B? Well, before we do, I think there's just one more thing I want to mention about this section of the exam, and that is that you've been given these stimulus images and uh, and and dramaturgy, and you're only asked to really refer to them, I think, 
explicitly in, in one of the questions or two of the questions. Two of the questions, yeah. Two of the questions. So, uh, but I think it's important to always be referring to them, um, even when you're not asked to. So in this moment here, you're talking about, um, you know, foreshadowing this, this, um, this tragic event that's coming at the end of the play. You can still be talking about um, how your ideas are stimulated from the stimulus images. Um, for example, there's a heavy use of like masks, um, coral movement. There's that camouflage. I think that a lot of people refer to the camouflage and the red in that camouflage could be, it looks almost like spilled blood. Um, so that you could be extrapolating these ideas out of images. And in your answers, you can be saying, you know, um, you know, the uh, red will slowly wash over the back of the set, um, in a sort of sporadic chase of lighting, um, that gets faster and faster as the tempo of the monologue builds. Um, and then you can refer to an image. So you might say it will, it will, um, you know, in terms of variance, it will pick varying moments of the set to blast all over, almost looking like blood splatters and then refer that to stimulus image to the camouflage. Um, and there you, you, you're actually sophisticatedly linking ideas to, to, um, to the stimulus images. And the stimulus really images important. don't have to be, oh, that's, that's red military gear. So that's trying to get me to design a costume with, with that yeah. with that camouflage in it. No, it's anything. It Those red bits yeah. could be dead bodies on the floor. It could be blood across the land. Mm. It could be all kinds of things. It could be bodies in the space. As a director, you could think about how you could recreate an image like this. Yeah. How war is, is symbolic of the clothes we wear and soldiers literally wear bloodshed on them. It could be... Yeah. Know, it could go anywhere. And that's that's what I pulled out of it was um, was the, the the randomness of it, the, the chaos of it, um, the contrast in the colors, those are things that I've pulled out um, that I would use in my in my answer too. Excellent. So now we can go to section B. Section B. Perhaps. Yes. Now, this this one is about plays that you imagine listening to this for 2020 won't have seen and, and necessarily don't need to be able to see, but we're going to talk through those questions and talk yeah. about the kinds of things you might want to say generally about productions. That's right, yeah. What do they want? So we're going to talk about... I mean, we're looking at the 2019 exam here, and my of this list, I saw Cosy and, and Cloud Street. I'll talk about Cloud Street because that's the one that my students wrote on. That's the one I'm most familiar with. But we'll try and talk very generally as well um, about this section. So section B is is the uh, is the play that you will see in Unit Three, and um, I call this the the page to stage section uh, because this is the this is the play that you have to read the script of, and you have to understand what are the challenges in the script, and um, what could the, the, the um, production company potentially do in translating this script to the stage? And one of the first things that you'll do um, with your teachers is you'll probably read through the script in class or you might have to read it for homework and you'll have to have an understanding of what does the script say and what are the challenges? And I think that's really important. I think um, before you go see the play, so hopefully if you're hearing this before you've even seen your Unit 3 play, you could write a list of what, what are the challenges for a set designer or a costume designer or a, a director in mounting this this play, um, and then when it comes to doing the exam at the end of the year, you actually need to remember what those challenges were. It's easier to see the play and forget what the script said, um, and forget the challenges they had, and just think about the play all the time. But your your skill here is to think: How do they translate from page to the stage? And for clouds, great because they had to analyze only the first half. That's the challenges right. yeah. of that moment with fish at the very start. Oh gosh, yeah, right. there were so That's many it. challenges. Yes, you know, in Cloud Street, for example, the challenges were. How do, you, how do you create... The two, the two main environments are the house and the water. So how do you, how do you create a set that, that could be used for water and also this big house with many rooms? And so you'll see 
they solved that by having this kind of like this this house that was kind of thematic of water. It was sort of lit in blue tones and it had um, sort of wavy walls and, and the, obviously water pumped up through the ground. Um, so you're seeing the challenge in the script and then you're seeing the solution through production design. And the cha- when you when you um the challenge in the script, it's important for when you're writing to actually like memorize quotes or lines or directions from the script that you can then refer back to in the exam. So you might say, because uh, every um, always in this section on um, historically, there's always been a, a question that says you must refer to aspects of the written play script. And looking on um on twenty the twenty nineteen exam, it certainly says that in um in both questions here. Um, so you need to be able to say in the written play script, it says yada, 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 or the character does this, or there is a quick transition from, from a hospital to a house or from a river into a boat and from the boat to a house all on one page. And the, the, the challenge is how does a production team do that? Go from being on a river, then onto a boat, then into a house, like bang, 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 like that. How do you do that? And then, and then this is how the production team solved that problem um, on stage. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's a great strategy for getting ready for this exam, preparing at the start of the year, so you can think like a designer as well. Mm. You don't wait to the end of the year to yeah. do that, or just because you're putting on a play with your um, yeah. unit three class. Because the key skill here that they're trying to get you to understand is that you know, as, a, as a theatrical um, designer, you get a script, and that's your, that's where you start, and you look at the script, and, you, and the first thing you do is you go, how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? How am I going to solve that? And so you have to be able to come up with ideas and plans and and concepts of how to mount and stage something from just written words on a page to actual action on the stage on the stage so the questions themselves uh, question one part a select one element of theater composition only one mm-hmm. and then talk about that so yep. you, you want to have at least two or three elements of theater composition that you know inside yeah, back definitely. To front, and then definitely, you yeah. want to know the others very well as yeah, well yeah yeah and i think as part of your, your preparation for this section you would have um, hopefully gone through all six elements of the composition and really mapped out how they're used throughout the show. So then when it gets to, when you get to the exam, it says, choose one. You just go, bang, I know the one I'm going to use. I'm going to use, um, I'm going to use rhythm, you know, which of course is the pace, timing and tempo within the interpretation. And, and, um, and so you might, you'll have something to go with straight away and you'll feel really confident about it. So this is asking you to refer to the written play script from the play and performance and to production roles. Yeah. So how, cohesion how rhythm how any any of these elements uh worked with the production roles and that's six marks that's the most we've seen for a single question so far yeah so we're looking for detail yeah really big detail and only four things are asked for really yeah so once again they're looking for a sophisticated response now i think with these longer with these longer answers of six marks um my some of my students not all but some benefit from a bit of structure on you know how to answer this and, um, and they can often fall into like an English structure um, where they start writing like an English um, response. Uh, and I try and avoid that, but also keep elements of it too. So something I tell them is, is if you really want a really simple structure for answering these longer questions, I think of it, I use the acronym ODE. The O stands for overview. So in the first sentence, give me an overview of what you're going to say in your whole answer. So you might say, you know, in Cloud Street, the element of rhythm um, is used by the actors in terms of, um, you know, I'm just making this up now, but, um, uh, in how they, they slowly increase the pace of their dialogue throughout the play um, to, um, to match with the rising tensions. Now, that's just made up. That actually doesn't happen in Cloud Street. But that's, that's an overview of 
what I'm about to say. And the D in ODE stands for describe. And I say describe in great detail using lots, lots of adjectives, painting a picture for the for the assessor. You should imagine the assessor has never seen the play. They have, but you should imagine they haven't. And and you have to paint a really vivid picture of what you're describing for them. And then the, the E is the effect. So any analysis describes and gives an, um, the effect. It's the how and why. It's the why part. So an overview, then a description of what you saw, and then the effect. What was the effect? And the effect could be many things. It could be, um, you know, you know, meaning that's constructed or new meaning. It could be how the audience is engaged by the use of those things. It could be, you know, an actor-audience relationship being built. But what was the effect of that thing being done? If that makes sense. Yeah, it o- totally does. O-D-E. Yeah. And we use the blanks use of blank specifically when blank illustrates blank to show this further blank. Oh, that's good. I, tell me about it. I want to know Yeah, that. so the lighting designer's use of blank specifically when illustrates this. To show this further, that so so that's a really good, that's a revision technique you use, is it to actually have him like fill in the blanks, fill in the blanks, and then to ensure they've actually hit all the things they need to hit. That's good. So I'm going to do that. Great, <laughs> <laughs> right, excellent. I like that. Helped each other already. <laughs> that's great. Um, and here, sometimes it won't work with a question because you want the written script, the plan, performance, two production roles all at once. So you might say the costume and makeup team um, used uh, work together in the first scene of the show um, specifically uh, uh, to illustrate the arrival of the secondary character uh, in the performance this occurred to show this further and to illustrate their idea more this this this, this. yeah yeah now I think that the second part of this um, of this is interesting because the question says how did one or more of the actors contribute to the interpretation of the written script to realise a specific moment from the performance so um, what people might not realize in this answer is that you, or in this section, is that you need to know, um, you need to know all the production roles, including acting, and how actors interpret lines in a script as well. So here is where, um, you know, you can do theater studies as a pure designer, but you still need to understand the the and uh, physicality of an actor, um, and how an actor moves and walks and talks and sounds and and in in uses acting skills to. Uh, to represent a character on stage. So here you have to have a really good understanding of how the actors in the performance use their acting skills to portray a character. Um, and we've t- of course, when we talk about acting skills, we're talking about gestures, movements, body language, um, facial expressions. Or bring a moment, a specific yeah, moment. Yeah, or bring a life. moment to yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, in this moment, this occurred and the actor did this to make it happen. That's Especially right. Especially when Oriel uh, when finds out about Lester's dalliance with Dolly. Mm. Uh, different actresses would create or it would represent Oriel's reaction differently yeah. and her interaction with her costume at that point yeah. the way she moves through the space at that point her, how she interacts with the set there are different things that she will choose to do that will influence that moment yeah that's right that's right so I think it's really important to have like a good a good example or a few examples of when an actor has had to do something quite sophisticated um, in the play through their acting skills it might be like a, a duplicitous moment where they have to like show the duality of, of a moment um, I know we looked at in, in Cloud Street um, moments where an actor had to say one thing but really mean another what was the subtext and then how do they convey that second meaning through their acting skills if I say I'm fine well I'm crushing the apple that's in my left hand exactly <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes those are great moments I feel like to talk because you, you know what the you know what the 
the, the literal delivery of the line is going to be, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you know what the subtext is and, and how that subtext is conveyed through other actions and other acting skills. Right. Section C. Section C. Analysis. Analysis and evaluation. And evaluation. Always really, please make sure you read if that word is evaluate or analyze. Yeah. They are really different things. We're going to talk about that in a moment. We'll I know, just making sure. First thing I'm going to say yeah. is just read it, <laughs> highlight it. Highlight when it says evaluate, highlight, highlight, highlight. Yeah, it says it's analyze, actually such an important thing. Yeah. Um, and if you don't do it, you cannot be awarded full marks. And yeah. when people are assessing, they it's not about taking marks off. Marks are never taken away. Marks are always given. Mm. Give a mark, give a mark, give a mark, give a mark. Oh, no, I can't give that mark. And that can be upsetting as an assessor because you want to give the mark, but they're yeah. never evaluated. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So... This section is, um, this is the, the play you saw in Unit 4. Um, it's the one you didn't have to read the script for, um, but you will have had to look at the, the actors and the use of acting and direction and, and design elements. Um, and you know, usually in this section of the, of the exam, you're asked about the, the interrelationship of all those things together. And, and it's no different in 2019, you're asked about the interrelationship between acting, direction and design. Um, so in your preparation, I think one of the most handy things you can do is create a table of all the characters in the play you saw and go through um, a whole list of like, what was each character's um, motivation, status? What were their character traits? What so were their designs? about motivation, that is what they want, what they're yeah, after, yeah, yeah, just yeah. in case. Let's break it down. Yeah. yeah, so someone's motivation is what they want, what they're after, yeah. their objective, what they're yeah. hoping to get. Yeah, their status is, is how... And know, that might change. Yeah, uh, yeah a, scene, can, a motivation can change. Yeah, and so it can status. Status can change too. Status is how important or um, or how much value that character has, and that can change too. Someone can have quite high status and go to low status. Traits, uh, like those idiosyncrasies, they're the things that characters do. You know, chewing on their fingers or tapping their feet. Um, desires are, um, are intrinsically linked to motivation. Um, we also talk about um, what is the character's function and purpose in this section of the exam. So um, function and purpose essentially is that what, what is their role within the play? So we saw Come From Away um, for this one in 2019. Did you see that as well? Yeah. yeah. And we talked about, well, what is each character's function um, in Come From Away? There's a reason that there's one pilot. There's a reason that there is a, um, a, a gentle character. There's a reason that there's a, a character that snaps very easily. There's a reason that there's a Muslim character. And that's because each character functions to tell a little different part of the story. So what's that character's function and what's their purpose to the storyline? I think it's really important. So you should make a table that charts all of these things for all those characters and then become an expert in, in some of the characters. Um, so your big, this is your big you know, 10 marker at the end of the exam. Um, and as we said before, it's an evaluate question. Yes. So did it work? Was it successful? Yeah. Was it masterfully done? Was it yeah. amateurish? Did it work? Did it come all off well? All those things. So yeah, evaluate, evaluate. And now it's, it's really interesting. If you look at the um, assessor's report for the 2018 exam, um, they, the VCAA go into great detail in explaining evaluation um, because I'm just gonna guess here that it might not have been done very well by many students. So they go into great detail about how you can potentially evaluate. And they actually, they actually say, rather than, being, um, rather than just simply stating that something was effective or not, which I think is your kind of go-to. It was effective. It was effective. It wasn't effective. It was successful. It was successful, yeah. They actually, they, can, they ask you to consider whether elements of the performance were, um, were maybe subtle as opposed to being broad or overstated. 
fluent as opposed to being jarring or disjointed, engaging, well-controlled, well-paced, lyrical, evocative, high-end, believable, and the list goes on. And that word jarring, it, it connects to cohesion, which yeah, we talked yeah, at the start. Yeah. If you've established a context in an environment and an interpretation and then something violently shifts, yeah. it would be jarring. That's right. That's it would right. not be effective. So you can actually give a, um, you can actually give a value statement to, um, to what you're talking about. You can say, this, this part of the play was really dynamic. Um, as opposed to being tedious or flat, you don't have to say opposed to that, but I'm just telling you what dynamic means. But it was. It but you was, could say it is tedious. You could, yeah, you it could, doesn't yeah. have to be. It was great. Yeah. It could be totally ineffective. If it that's right. For you. And so that's why in this, in the evaluate section of the exam or an evaluate question, you have to have confidence in yourself to talk about um, what you thought or what your opinion was. And the VCAA encourage you to do that, in at least in the 2018 assessor's report. Um, they, they talk about. Um, you being the person that uh, that gives um, you know insights about what worked well or what didn't work well for you because you you can't talk from really an audience perspective because you don't know what the whole audience thought but you can talk about what you thought and but you've got to be able to back that up you can't just say oh this didn't work but you've got to be able to say why why it wasn't you know you might say this moment of the show was tedious because and you have to be able to give reasoning. A really long set change. Yes. You're never going to see that in any yeah, performances. Yeah. It, it's, it's difficult to see those kind of things, especially in professional performances. Most things are going to work successfully. But um, but for you, it might not. But for you, it might not. That's true. Um, you know, and in Cloud Street, um, you know, when we went and saw Cloud Street, there was a moment where, um, where there was a mistake made and a mechanical element of the set fell apart and, and had to be reset. So it does happen sometimes. Um, but you have to be you know, well-equipped with that language of how to evaluate. It's not just effective. It's not just successful, but there's more to it than that. Um, and again, read those assessors' reports, not yeah. just from this year or for last year. Go yeah. back and read them because they're going to be valuable. Yeah. I read them recently and going through, there's so many things that come up again and again and again. Yeah. If you want to read that, that's page four and five of the assessors' report from 2018 exam. Um, really important information there. So this is, was a 10-mark question. Yes. You had to do a lot with not much stimulus giving to given to you. That's right, yeah. You've got, you got three short sentences and you have to write 10 marks with a sophisticated response. Yeah. Here's where, here's where I think multiple examples come into it. Um, so you have to evaluate how an actor realized one or more characters. I would certainly be going for more than oh, just one. Um, because if you, you could analyze one in great detail, but you would have to know. You have to be very sophisticated in that one example to extrapolate all the intended meaning out of it. Um, but I would certainly be going for more because the, the more characters you do, and this, this question does give you the freedom to choose uh, how an actor plays multiple characters if that happened in the show you saw. Um, and so, yeah, I'd be going into more. And I'd be using that that ODE structure for each character they played. You know, give a little overview of what you're going to say, give a description of what you saw, and, and evaluate the effectiveness um, in, um, of what you saw as well. And I would use the, the blank use of blank, the actor's use of exaggerated blah, 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 specifically when creating the uh, illustrated uh, to show this further. Uh, great <laughs> response from me. <laughs> I like the duh. And then And that's when you have to remember to use your evaluation techniques. Yeah, yeah. Because if you remember that pro forma, you can put in different words. Yeah. And you can practice this question, can't you? This you is can. You definitely can. Yeah. That you, can have you can do this over and over. Pocket. Yeah, you can anticipate that this is the kind of question you'll be asked here. Um, the last dot point here that says the interrelationship between acting, direction, and design, that's a, you know, that's straight from the key skills in this section of the study design. Um, and here you have to be able to talk about, well, actually, what, you know, in, in one moment, where does, where does direction 
Um, so that, you know, the blocking of the, of the actors or the way that the actors have been um, instructed to move or you work as one cohesively and the acting. So the acting skills of the individual actor and a design element could be lighting, could be set, could be a chair they're sitting on. How do all those three things come together in a moment? Um, and so it's a really sophisticated question. It's, it's a difficult question. And that's why it's the last one on the exam, because it's testing. Can you talk about all those elements combined? in a really clear and specific example or examples. And that can be a huge struggle for young people. Yeah, yeah. That's why the question is there to challenge. Yeah, and that's why you've got to practice, you know, writing about it. A lot of my students wrote about, as I saw, we saw come from away. And I said, well, what are some moments where, where acting, direction, and design all come together to create, um, you know, uh, a, a moment or a scene? Or And so we talked about lots of things. One, one of the ones that kept coming up was the, um, was the Dover Fault scene where... Nick and Diane are walking along the chairs uh, on the Dover Fault. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen Come Away, there's a rotating stage and um, and the actors are walking along the edge of a cliff. And, and to create this on stage, um, dramatically, they're walking along the edge, they're walking along chairs as the stage revolves. And as they're walking along the chairs, the actors are picking up the ones they walked on and putting them back in the line of chairs in front for them to continue walking on. So you have this, you have this acting of like this slow, methodical walk in terms of Laban, like direct, slow, um, and heavy. And then you have, um, and then you have of the course the, of the, the fluid movement of the actors. So in, the in terms of, yep. In terms of directing, you have the, the chairs moving from one place to the other and the fluency of that happening almost like a dance. It had to be, the timing had to be precision. So you're talking about the rhythm and the flow of the, of the actors and, and the ensemble. There's also tension in that moment. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not and only it, the precarious nature of the walking and the cliff that they've established quite well with the precarious chairs and yep. the fragility of the chairs. Yeah, but yeah. Also, will the actors get there? Will they make it? That's great, yeah. Um, another great moment we talked about and come from where, where we, we can interrelate acting, direction, and design is just a simple moment like sitting on a bus. So the whole company is sitting on the bus and they're all sort of like bouncing up and down in their seats. Um, and, and when the bus turns a corner, they all lean to the left. And so you have this confluence of acting skills, movements, um, direction, so having the, uh, the cohesion of the whole cast working together as one, and design, you know, having the chairs, the simple chairs to sit on in, you know, sort of bus formation, and the, you know, the movement, the direction, and design all gives us the illusion that the cast is sitting on a bus together. And that they're different casts with the costume additions and the, and the small things to yeah. show character. So yeah, things definitely. are really working together to show not only the cast, which is those 12 or something, I can't remember. Yeah. 12 actors all creating all the characters. Simple things, representational objects. Yeah. You know, create that moment. So in preparation for this section of the exam, I'd be, I'd be making you know, some really clear examples of, of moments in your play that you've seen where where acting, direction, and design all interrelate together um, at the same time. And uh, and really like writing about that in detail and getting comfortable in talking about it too. And when we say in detail, just to finish off, be mm-hmm. succinct, be yeah. clear. Yeah. You don't have to restate the question. Yep. You don't, you just go straight into the question, jump into your response, be clear, use as many uh, as sophisticated words as you can, use mm-hmm. that vocabulary, use the words you need to use and get out of there. That's right. That's right. Don't overwrite. You know, don't be writing down the margins of the page and onto back pages and, you know, try and stick to the space they've given you. Um, the, the exams are all tested for space. So the amount of lines they've given you, they know is the amount of lines that they expect this answer can be answered in um, to achieve full marks. And so if you're, if you're overwriting and you're, and you're constantly writing, you know, down the edges of the page and every, every answer, you know, press yourself for time, you're probably writing too much. And of course, the opposite of that, if you're not writing too much, I mean, so if you're not writing enough, um, if you're leaving, you know, five, six, seven lines at the end of every answer, 
um, you're probably not writing enough. Or your writing's really small. Or Think of those old, yes, old right. examiners with their old, old eyes. Yeah. That's another <laughs> great kind. Another great tip, actually, is, is your handwriting is so important. If they can't read it, they won't get you. Won't get That's right. They can't, and they're not going to spend time trying to sit... You know, your teachers will, uh, are really lovely, I'm sure. And your teachers will sit there and, and try and figure out a word that you've written for ages because they want you to get that mark. Your examiners, who are also very lovely, I'm sure... But and they try really hard. And try really hard. But they're not going to sit and, and struggle over a word for a long time. Um, if they can't read it, they're going to keep moving on. And that might affect your sentence. It could affect your whole answer. And at least two examiners will read your paper. That's right. And yes. sometimes three or more. Yeah. So if all of them can't read it, sorry. Yeah. So you've got to practice clear handwriting. That's that's the reality of the exam. Yeah. yeah. And my writing's terrible. So that was something I had to work on as a high school student. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that was the VCE 2019 Theatre Studies exam. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for your time. That's Brandon okay. Carol. Thank you. That is all from us at The Aside. We have a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to look through those and find one that piques your interest. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a request for a future episode, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.